0: You're listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing with Andrew Logan. This podcast is your step-by-step guide to building and growing your own business and creating passive investment vehicles. If you crave legacy, wealth, and freedom, keep listening. Hello and welcome to The Way Out podcast. Andrew Logan here. Great to be with you for another episode, episode number 57 today. i um, Today I want to I guess conclude our investing 101 series. Uh obviously yes there are some other investment strategies out there, but I just want to kind of focus on the main ones we've been talking about. Currencies, we've been talking about commodities, talked about shares and stocks, and today we want to talk about property. And you know certainly in Australia property is the great Australian dream and all that kind of stuff and property investing as is, is as safe as houses as they say. But I've already done a podcast earlier on, probably, you know, 20, 30 episodes ago, talking about the problem with property and why there are a lot of people who invest in property don't make money. And I think there's because there's a, the mindset of people investing in property and, and we want to explore that in more depth today as well. But let's just look at investing into property in a kind of you know black and white, apples to apples comparison and look at the ways that you can start in property if you decide to. Again, this is not advice. This is just sort of educational info but with anything and and all the other properties and oh uh, sorry all the other investment vehicles we've talked about there's essentially kind of two main strategies are you investing for capital gains or are you investing for cash flow. So in currencies, you could kind of, you know, buy a currency or a crypto, a fiat or a cryptocurrency and hopefully sell it later, or you can invest for the cash flow in a carry trade, which happens in uh, Forex pairs. With commodities, it's not a lot of cash flow in commodities and you're generally buying into kind of the futures market. With stocks, you can invest for, you know, buy low, sell high, or you can invest for dividends. In property, it's very much the same. And again, when we talk about property, it's an umbrella term. So we can talk about property investing, but we could be talking about residential property, industrial property, commercial property. We can be talking about it from a capital gains point of view, where you are just going to sort of buy a property and sit on it for 20 or 30 years and then sell it. And there's your retirement money. Or we can look at a few other strategies. So let's just focus on the kind of capital gain strategy for the moment. And essentially, with anything, you're buying it with the hope, you know, with the kind of speculation or hope or thought process that it's going to go up in value and you can sell it for a higher value later. Now, as I talked about in that other podcast, when we talked about the problem with property is that when we look at the numbers and and everyone loves to talk about, you know, oh, that person bought that house for $100,000 30 years ago and now they sold it for a million and kind of look at that. But... You know, we don't always take into account capital gains tax and inflation and, you know, the cost of holding these things and stuff like that and some of the missed opportunity costs that they might have held themselves up with that property. Obviously, finding a house that you can buy for a small amount and sell for 10 times more is great. And there's also ways you can kind of speed up that process. And so there's a lot of property investment strategies where you're kind of buying and you're value adding to the land or to the property so that you can up its value faster and increase its value so that you can sell it for more money sooner so you can either kind of hold it for even more money or you can kind of sell it and get your money out sooner now with all these obviously they are there's a level of activity involved in it so if we talk about passive investment for me passive investment is kind of buy and hold and and try and have as little to do with it as possible whereas an active involvement would be more like trading or running a business you know i want to spend my time running a business and i just want to put money into passive investments where i don't have to worry about them and have as little energy as possible but if you do really love property or you kind of don't have the time or the cash flow to just sit around and wait for these things you can come in and do things like, you know, developers applications like DAs, you can subdivide, you can renovate, you know, flipping was really, really popular years ago in Australia. They kind of changed the rules a little bit and taxation laws make it a little bit tougher now. But the reality was, you know, you could kind of buy that house and do it up and put a new kitchen in and paint it and then, you know, kind of cut down some trees, make everything look a bit nicer and you could turn it over in six to 12 months and had friends, you know, friends whose parents did that and they you know, they were very successful. These kids were, you know, like moving around a lot. (laughs) We went to school together and I think he lived in 14 or 15 houses in the 12 years we went to school together, but they'd move into one, you know, value add, sell, move into the next one. And that's how they made their money. That was their sort of active thing. Uh, you know, where I walk the dog in the morning, it's funny because I've, I've seen this house for two years, you know, every morning I run the dog and there's a house that's just on the other side of the road and a couple of hundred meters up closer to the village. And it's kind of the last house in the residential zone before it moves into the pub and we move into kind of co- uh, commercial areas. And it's always just been that kind of a little bit dilapidated. There's, you know, a lot of trees around it. It's a bit hard to see because it's sort of just set back and the trees are in front. And, you know, it's a privacy thing for them or it's just been neglected a little bit. But sure enough, the other day, running the dog and the chainsaws are out and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, you know, I I can see what they're doing here, right? And they just cleared all, totally cleared all the backyard. It was this huge jungle in the backyard. And they've kind of come in and they've painted the front and all that kind of stuff. But they've put it up for sale. And next to it is like, you know what, you can buy this plus we've got a DA, like a development approval for you could put four units down the back. Because again, like we can sort of value add to this land. So suddenly this house that kind of just looks a bit tired and looks a little bit neglected is suddenly worth significantly more money because you've added more value to the land because suddenly that land isn't just wasted space beside a house or at the back of the house it's space where a developer could come in and put kind of four modern units and you'd have a c view and all that kind of stuff so that's kind of da approvals and stuff like that now either the owner did that and they value added they were like you know what it's time to kind of sell and let's maximize it and they would have had to have gone to the council meetings they would have had to fill out a lot of forms and you know pay money to have these forms kind of rubber stamped and all that kind of stuff Or there are things called property options where someone may have come along to them and said, look, I see potential in this. I don't want to buy it off you because I want you just to stay and live there. But if I do all the forms, if I do all the work, if I kind of deal with all the counselors and all that kind of stuff um, and we split the profits, you know, 80, 20 or something like that. And that's called a property option. And we didn't talk about it too much because it's just, it's a whole nother topic and and it would hurt your brain, but there's options in stocks and options in property. And, you know, maybe, maybe we do a podcast about them one day, but essentially like an option allows you to kind of control a block without actually owning it. And it's a, you know, legal paperwork and all that kind of stuff. And you can have the same in the stock market where you can control a property, uh, control a stock, I should say without ever actually owning it. And they're called, you know, stock options, or calls and puts and CFDs and stuff like that. Anyway, point of the story is all of those techniques and all those methods are a way that you can buy and hold or value add into a property to make it worth more money so that you can sell it at a higher price later, all those sorts of things. Now, perfectly sound strategy. Personally, we do the exact opposite and you know one of my mantras is kind of you know if you do the exact opposite of most people you kind of tend to be successful because you know we know most people don't make money in property at the end of the day when it all boils down when you take in all the costs and we know that most people are kind of broken unhappy so in my mind it was always like well if i if i do the opposite of most people i'll you know maybe i won't be broken maybe i won't be unhappy maybe i'll be kind of you know successful and happy like all those sorts of things so we buy property purely for the cash flow but even more, and I did this in a kind of more in-depth video for our Elite Mastermind team that that I work with and, you know, working really closely with one of the ladies and and it's, you know, I won't share her exact numbers or something, but we've been crunching some numbers with her about this because if you look at one house in isolation for cash flow, it's not very good. And we were sort of crunching the numbers for her and she's kind of come back and like, oh man, all this, all this just to kind of make, you know, a small paltry amount. But this is where the leverage of property is what really attracts me to it. And, you know, it's it's not about buying property as such. It's about the ability to create cash flow. So what do I mean by that? So if you buy a house for cash flow, that means you don't really care if the house property goes up and down. You want to buy generally, uh, it's generally just kind of that one lower notch of the market where people want to rent and they just want to own a house, not own, but sort of be renting in a house where they're going to rent for it long-term and they'll take care of it. But you're not kind of going for these, you know, really beautiful flash fitted out houses where you're really paying for a lot of expensive fixtures and fittings. You tended to just go for these kind of, you know, stable, low maintenance, kind of reliable places. And people are going to come in and rent them long term. And so for me, it's always buy them near a school or a hospital because there's always you know good work available for teachers or doctors or something like that. Or if someone's in a school, they want to stay there longer term if they're happy with the school. But you have one person in there and they're renting. And as I say, if, the, if you're making more money from the rent than the cost of holding the house, then you're getting cash flow. Now, initially, it may not be that much. But next year, it's going to be a little bit more. And next year, it's gonna be a little bit more and rent tends to sort of you know, slowly creep up along with the cost of living. And as you pay down the loan, your profit starts to become a little bit bigger as well. So one house in isolation, yes, we not gonna make a lot of money. We're gonna sort of creep up. But after three or four years, you should be starting to earn a little bit more money from the rent and you should be starting to have a bit more profit coming through because the interest payments are getting lower but here's the really big thing. There should be equity in the house now, and we can use that equity to buy the second one. Now, every country will have different rules and all that kind of stuff. So again, this is not personal financial advice, but in Australia, we can use the equity of one as the deposit for the second one. So then we can find another really good house and another one in that sort of same you know area and, and same kind of mindset and same you know setup as the old one and we can use the deposit of that one to buy the second one now here's what we have actually done is let's say that second one even if that second one makes five dollars a week but if i've used the equity from the first one as a deposit for the second one i've created five dollars a week without having to spend any money so i've i haven't taken any money out of my pocket i've just gone to the bank and they've said yep there's enough equity in this first one That you can get a second one and now this first one's starting to make a little bit more money and then i've created a second one that's making money without us having to take any money out of our pocket so there's no physical investment from our point of view there's no actual kind of you know what's your cash on cash return or what's your return on investment because the investment was zero so, you know, I mean, $5 a week in isolation, yes, that doesn't sound that interesting. But $5 a week went from zero, you know, if I turn $0 into $5 a week, then I've just got to keep duplicating this process, right? Like, I've created cash flow. And so I've got the first house that's now starting to bring in, you know, as I said, the rent's going up and the expenses are going down. Maybe it's starting to bring in $50 a week. And the second one starts bringing in $10, $20, $30 a week as things start to grow. And now we've got two going up in value so I can create equity twice as fast. So now I've got twice as much equity being created because these loans are getting paid down and the value of properties are going up. And then I can go back to the bank and say, Hey, look, I found a third one and I've got equity in house A and house B. And they're like, cool. All right, well, we'll lend you all the money to buy house C. And again, even if it's only $10 a week, I've created $10 a week out of nothing. And I've created that as well as the $5, $10 a week from house B and the $50 a week by now from this one from house A, and we start to get this compound effect in place. And we know most investors, and I did the numbers in the first one, we know most investors kind of cap out one or two because they're only looking at that initial cash return. They're like, well, why would I buy a second one if it's only gonna be worth $5 a week? But I know that $5 a week will grow to 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 a week as the value of the house goes up, as rental prices go up, as you know, interest goes down. But the bigger thing is I know I can use that amount to buy the next one. And I can use the first one to buy the second one, first and second one to buy the third one, first, second, third one to buy the fourth one, and so on. And so Angie and I actually, you know, just the other day, and I don't know if I've shared this on other podcast episodes, but I sold the first house I ever bought. And again, it was funny because I was was talking to this lady in our our Mastermind team and I was saying like, if you look at what I bought this house for and what we actually sold it for, yeah, if I'd looked at those numbers, I I probably just never would have done it because I would have said, you know what, like zoom back, like, look at what I bought it for and look at what I made. I mean, it was a very, very low, <laughs> low end of the market house. It was my first ever house. So it was right at the bottom of the market. Um, and so, you know, it hasn't like exploded in value. It's, it's gone up and, and we've made, you know, like th- there's, there's money being made and all that. But if you look at it in isolation, you're like, wow, all, all, like that over 15 years is all you made. But the key is that that first one allowed me to buy the second one. And the second one allowed me to buy the third one. And the third one allowed us to buy four, five, six, and you know, and then now we've been able to grow, you know, 14 properties now, and it's all come from that first one. So the cash on cash return that we get all comes back to that very first house that we that I bought, what, sixteen years ago now? All that money that we can create in cash flow from our rent has come from that very first property. We haven't had to take money out of our pocket since. So it's not buying property, it's buying the ability to create cash flow. And again, it's a very big picture thing. And again, I'm not recommending you go out and do this. And also, I would say if your goals are, you know, moderate and short-term goals, do not go down the property path because property is a is a really big long-term game. But that's also why I love it because I knew in the short term I could, well, work, first of all, in my head, it was just like, you know, you've got a good six figure income in your job. So just keep doing that. And then we moved into kind of, you know, business and all that kind of stuff. But then it was understanding that, you know, business, upfront cash flow, focusing on their money in the pocket immediately. That's the important thing. But what if I can create cash flow in the background? What if I can create $50 a week out of nothing? What if I can create $100 a week out of nothing? And we can and so all we need to do is just continue to duplicate that process. We stay disciplined, we stay in our lane, we just keep buying the same, you know, very similar, you know, very, very much the same kind of property every time. But every time we do one, again, we're not buying the property at the end of the day, we're buying the ability to... Make cash flow. Now we will sell them all, you know, at some point for sure. Like if they, you know, we've sold a couple off as we've gone, the ones that have just started to become a little bit of a nuisance or that just, you know, repairs are starting to happen, it's starting to eat into profit. And we sell them off, and yes, there is some nice money that comes our way, and yet we can have a nice holiday, all that kind of stuff. But the reality is that don't buy property for the property, don't buy property for the land. Buy property for the ability to create cash flow. And if you understand that and you're willing to have a very disciplined long-term game, like anything, if you stay consistent, you stay disciplined and you create those habits, you can create amazing success in the property market as well. And as always whatever vehicle you choose whatever works for you i will always be here cheering you on i'll always be here hoping that you reach amazing success that is my hope for you that you have the financial freedom and the success and you find your vehicle and find your lane and you just put those blinkers on don't get distracted by the people doing all these other things find what works for you put the work in stay consistent understand the compound effect understand the snowball of kind of consistency and you will have incredible, incredible success. So thank you for listening to today's episode. As always, if you've got value out of this, love you to, you know, give us a five star review, leave a kind of message or something on my uh, on my iTunes there. Or if you're listening to this, take a screenshot, pop it up on your stories, tag me. I'm at Andrew James Logan and just let me know your big takeaways, let me know the value you're getting, or let me know of other things you'd like me to talk about, and I can do that as well. And just a final reminder as well, we're coming up to just under oh just over a week to go days to go now until our Freedom Fest event. Love to have you all on there. Head to www.andrewlogan.net slash freedom, and you'll be able to see all the details of that. We've got an incredible lineup of speakers, and they're going to take you through the step-by-step process to create your financial freedom plan. Cannot be more excited about that. So as always, guys, I hope you have an amazing weekend, and we'll chat to you soon. Bye.